it is time to tune up the band and on three, everyone. One, two, three. War guys! Motherfucker! There is another episode of the Sweet Chinwag podcast. I am Sab, alongside Dan, Reardon, Melee, and fifth member of the podcast. Oh, no, actually, no, sixth member, I should say, of the podcast. Top super kicker, aka it's chair. Hello, everybody. Hi. <laughs> How we doing? Yeah, I'm Paul. <laughs> Paul, oh, my legs. I can't feel my legs. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> we are. Yeah. We are off to a great start. We are not start. going off track. In the first 30 seconds. I refuse. But we but it's <laughs> melee, so anything's possible. I was gonna say melee and chair are here, Reardon. <laughs> so you know. wanna remember no, chair no, no, no. Reardon is gonna I'm, try. I'm going to fucking fight every single one of you <laughs> to get this going. This is my so, last word, they are appearance. <laughs> I War games! I, I will fucking take all of you on. Just we're fucking doing it, Sam. Can we do it in war games? So at least no. be fitting thematically for no. the Shut up. The episode. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> I'm not having any of this. Right, how Sam, is I'm handing in my two-week notice to face on now. Is this WCW or are, we in, uh, are we doing this as Survivor Series? We're doing it at the Sweet Chimwad podcast. <laughs> a, a fucking podcast. Not whatever the fuck this is. Sam, continue. Right, how have your weeks been, gentlemen? I'll start with it was great until this. It was great until this shit started. <laughs> <laughs> are we, have we reached That's the definitely pipe? like super my fault. <laughs> have we reached Reardon's pipe bomb moment? <laughs> Possibly. Just, I just got mail. Not, just not dealing with this. <laughs> uh... Uh, how's your week been, Dan? It's been pretty good. It's been busy, as as things always are with me. But uh, I'm I'm getting through it. It's all it's all going pretty good. I took, Everything is on the up. I took the week off, so I'm pretty happy in that regard. Honestly, yes, I have. Uh, I mu- I much needed it for a lot of reasons, but actually, I won't get into uh, because it's a lot of whole personal stuff. Uh, Melee, how has your week been, sir? Oh, it's been very up and down, especially in the YDR sphere. Uh, Sam, take his computer, just decided to destroy itself in the middle of a, of the King of the Ring recording for YDR. And yeah, he had to buy a new PC for it with the help of Justin using his like credit card. Dang. So it's been crazy week. Oh, it's rough out there. You guys had your over the edge moment. But instead Ooh. of oh, but like oh my god, oh my god, Jeff, what do you mean? <laughs> what do you mean by that? <laughs> what do we mean by that, Sean? What is Blood Waffling about? Uh, exactly. <laughs> today's episode, we're going to discuss the history of war games. <laughs> Yay! Yay! Before we get on to that, war though, games. We give you this podcast thanks to those lovely people over at SoundCloud, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and now and forever pending other platforms. You know, guys, you said that? We, it might be war games. 
here at the Sweet Chinwag podcast because it is war. It's me having war with all of these fuckers because, <laughs> but despite that, despite me being at war with my fellow podcasters, we will still be pending. And most importantly, I will still be pending other platforms now and forever always be pending. I didn't see it from you this time. Mark is incoming. <laughs> I was quite cold, cordial, you know? That take is, it from you, Rita. I was going to say, this you, are, time. you are behaving yourself somewhat, Chair. I, I, I appreciate that, sir. <laughs> uh, it's almost as if I was, like, super late to the recording, and I feel like I have to now. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't the right to goof off yet. Yeah, the, uh, the, the Jim Bike Civil War arc is approaching, so get ready for some of the worst content you've ever seen. <laughs> and or heard. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, man, before we get on to our episode... <laughs> fucking hell. <laughs> like... Oh god, if only people could see what sometimes Melee posts when we're recording episodes. Before we, get on, just get on before we get on to our episode all about war games, it's time to say hello to Dan once more and visit him for this week's wrestling news. Dun, 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 dun. Wrestling news. What have oh. we got? What have we got? What do we um, have? It's our, our big story. Uh, Vince McMahon has been quite possibly outbusinessed. <laughs> in the wow, most, what a shock. In the most capitalism way possible, if there I dare I say. Yeah. Okay. So basically the grand sum of it is um given everything that happened with the TKO takeover, uh Vince McMahon is now selling, I believe it is eight point four million in stock. Yes, which I, stock. which I believe... Equates... Translate it to about 30%. Yeah, mm -hmm. which apparently does translate to about $400 million. Jesus! Nora. Yep. That well, is... you, you, yeah, but you're thinking, we're, talking, we're talking about a massive company merger here. Yes. Again, I would like, I would like, I would like that... to... Sh I would like, yes. They're, they're his shares. Oh, okay. And 30% like of the... Uh, the company um i would like to stress um that both of these companies are currently subject to uh competition <laughs> um lawsuits i believe yes but um, awesome but uh yeah no obviously the the way things look to be going it looks like um uh, ari emmanuel and someone else are looking at buying 10 percent each to bolster their own shares. Yeah, I mean, this comes I mean, as well as being him being deemed a risk factor for TKO for the TKO group as well. Which is crazy considering that they have the UFC in that. <laughs> this is true. This is for true. Like, like, like we like obviously we all know Vince and we all know what Vince is like, and he absolutely is a risk to that business. I mean, did anyone but see like, him? Did anyone see him during that flipping Tyson Fury Francis Ngannou fight? My God, but that man is—he's got—he's more than senile at this point. <laughs> like, not even, mm -hmm. not even that though. Just stuff like, obviously, his is his decision making, but also just the fact of we all know who Vince is. <laughs> yeah, he's made himself functionally unavoidable for like two decades of WWE television. <laughs> I feel like they could just be like, someone could just look up. Vince McMahon moments WWE, and then see twelve reasons why they shouldn't have him. This being what this being one of them. <laughs> that is yes. very true. To be fair, 
and let let alone all the let alone all the stuff that happened earlier on in the year. Yeah, with him being removed from the company due to um, sexual assault lawsuit, and oh then yeah, bringing right. him back, and pretty much basically company wide fraud for not. A little, well, not declaring all of the harsh money that he spent on the company's dime um, before those extramarital affairs. Yeah, he's, he, oh, he's also under that. federal. He's also still under federal investigation, isn't it? <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> this man. So yeah, you know, as as things go, is uh, probably not the greatest thing to have in uh, in your business. Uh, but obviously, I mean you know if you're looking at it from kind of the uh the other end of things like the ufc side of things it they probably want to have a lot more kind of solid base to run stuff because obviously like again ufc is in the middle of a massive thing about uh fight pay and uh revenue sharing and stuff like that <laughs> i mean they just so. got showed up massively with the whole with that with oh, that yeah, the boxing whole, match whole, as well um, they got showed up Ngannou massively match, where Ngannou was like oh yeah i got like 25 million for this fight and like my biggest gate for ufc was like four million and doesn't that show like that, that i think i think that's also in light of that a lot of people have found out a lot of other fighters um uh, pay uh, from pre from subsequent yeah. years. I think McGregor and Rousey's pay um, up until their last fight. Well, Rou- Rou- Rousey's biggest gate was like two million. I think that was for the second match with. Was it, I think it's the second or the first match of Holly Holm. Mm. Either way, like compared to how much money it was making and how they're positioning her, it was not enough. <laughs> No, it was not. Um, yeah, no wonder she started working in the Indies. <laughs> that's, that's, well, that's right. That's, that, that's that's what I'm saying, bro. I mean, not not that I particularly want her there, but you know, still very weird. True. Ah, mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, this is it's crazy. It's crazy how this has all happened, and a another billionaire business mogul has been able to do something that no other person has ever done in the world of pro wrestling, and that is able to one-up Vince McMahon. Ted Turner didn't do it. Tony Khan hasn't done it. Fucking Dixie Carter never did it. But Ari Emanuel has somehow managed to do it. We live in strange, strange times. It's it's, It's genuinely crazy how that's happened. Um, do you think it takes is... a businessman to know a businessman? Do you think this is this is this is the sign that Vince has kind of lost all power, but name only? I mean, I feel like it's got to be right because even for even for them, they're going to want someone who's going to be a much stronger base. I mean, yeah. In that regard, who do you? I mean, that's this question for everyone. Who do you go for then? Like if it ain't uh, Vince, I mean, if, if, I, if I'm if if I'm if I'm arm, I'm taking Triple H. Yeah, that's just. Yeah. Like... I, think it, I think I think it's got. He know he knows the business. He has the connection, um, and also he's not like seventy eight. 
<laughs> yeah, that 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 not seventy eight really helps. Yes, he he's at least semi abreast of what is happening in the world. I guess the only thing that makes Triple H seventy eight is he and he has that. children as well. This is true. This is true. It's the fact that the man worked himself almost to the grave, basically. <laughs> yeah. yeah, pretty much. I mean, what if like really... you let Roderick Strong book everything? He's really smart. <laughs> Adam, Adam. I mean, like, because realistically, though, outside of outside of Trip, outside of Triple H, who even do you take at this point? Jeff There's Jarrett. Not really, anyone else in that position? Roderick Strong. I mean, <laughs> Roderick Strong. I Jeff mean, Jarrett. I w- <laughs> <laughs> That's my guy. Jeff. If the if the world's coming to an end and I need to prop up my wrestling company, I want Jarrett. <laughs> <laughs> Just at that time, he ran a pyramid scheme. What a guy! What a guy! <laughs> you know, it comes with the territory, right? Um, <laughs> the pyramid scheme. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, we've come all done on! It. You can't, you can't, you can't convince me that the existence of WWE's tout wasn't a pyramid scheme. Yeah, yeah, no, no, you're right. You're absolutely right. Fine, guess I'll buy some gold from Jared then. But, like, realistically, I don't think there's anyone actually in that position to, like, actually take over operation or anything like that. The only other person who would have been closer would have been Stephanie. And she's all but retired. I highly highly doubt she wants back. Yeah. Slot, 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 slot. Yeah, no. Not that. I'm doing that you there, Charles, man. <laughs> it's the year uh-huh. 2000. That's when, that's when wrestling was really good, remember? It's back when those back. losers in the locker room weren't playing their little video games. Men were real men. We stabbed each other. <laughs> uh, yeah. Maybe I shouldn't keep claiming for that era. I don't know. I was going to say, I'm yeah. I was gonna say it all out. Mean Mark Callis, you can you can keep your gonna, guns and knives. Say, like <laughs> that's um, awesome. WWE was at <laughs> WWE was at its peak, assuming that you're I mean it was in cultural relevancy, but also everyone's just like, Oh yeah, like the the men were real men. We had to you had to sit through Val Venus and you're telling me you enjoyed that. <laughs> With get, chest, get out of our company. See, this is why I enjoy ECW 2009. See, that's what I'm saying, bro. That's what I'm saying. That's real. You're cooking. Uh, anyway, I'm gonna say we're done with the news because I can't think of anything else to say, and we've gone very far off track. This is uh, <laughs> this this is for true. Um, anything else really? I can't I can't really say other than uh, I guess if you want to do a couple of things. Uh, Tony Khan's big announcement was that he was going to say an announcement next week in regards to the ROH TV title. Based. Um, ah, yes, the trailer for the trailer, which uh, I hate so much. NXT is now moving to the CW network uh, in 2024, with the rumours suggesting that Ring of Honor or CW approached Tony Khan for the TV rights to Ring of Honor, which he rejected. Uh, and, t- and of course, NWA had apparently had to deal with the CW until Father James Mitchell snorted a white substance off of the table. <laughs> Based. I'm, I'm impressed by Billy's commitment to self-destruction. <laughs> Still crazy to me that his only relevant thing nowadays is, uh, is being a giant meme when he's riding a roller coaster. 
I mean, was it? There was. I I still feel like the Smashing Pumpkins have some level of cultural relevance. Whether well, or not yeah. Billy Corgan is necessarily attached to that is a separate thing. But... No, I think it's more Homer Simpson smiling politely that's attached to it. That's true. Ah, <laughs> uh, but with that, we are done with the news. Reardon, we got uh, we got a couple of recommendations. Uh, I'll start with you, as you are the the main connoisseur of recommendations. So, what have you got for us this week, sir? Guys, how do you feel about Martin Scorsese? Cinema. Very good. You all right? Well, well Roman Reigns you thinks guys are... he is when he, when he mentions the word cinema. <laughs> <laughs> well, you are in luck because I am recommending Martin Scorsese's latest movie, Killers of the Flower Moon. I've heard very it is things. Really, it is a really really good anger-inducing movie. Well, the movie is woke. Oh, yes. Absolutely. I mean, 100% it, is. it is a fascinating... It's a fascinating movie based on a real-life story. It teaches me a little bit more about how... It, 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 it's kind of like almost... It's almost like the, like the Patient Zero movie of all of his gangster movies. Hmm. In a sense, it's kind of yeah. It it not in the sense of it's not like Goodfellas or anything like that. It absolutely is not. But in terms in terms of like Martin Scorsese being like the master of the crime movie, it's like him going for hey, let's go for one of America's most notorious crimes, the the crimes against the Native Americans, hmm. and goes for it, and it is. It makes you so angry. It it really does. But it is a great movie, and also uh, Brandon Fraser has a has a cameo in it, and he fucking right. makes it work. My God, over the year. Oh, he's so he's so good. He's so good. The world deserved the 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 career renaissance of Brandon Fraser. I'm just saying. Yes, really yes, did. Really does. Mm-hmm. He he's only he's not in that movie a lot, but that part of the movie that he's in. Beautiful, no notes, and that is my recommendation. Also, it just makes me wonder: should have Joe Pesci had been in this film as well? When you mentioned Goodfellas, <laughs> no, because Robert De Niro is 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 putting in good work as the Ur example of the racist white man. Ha! <laughs> Maybe he just channeled Donald Tr- his anger towards Donald Trump for that role then. Maybe. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? Oh, for me, I have got a recommendation. I recommend everybody uh, watch uh, Top Super Kicker's latest video uh, on Christian oh, Page, you. known as Father of the Year, where he finally crossed both streams, ladies and gentlemen. He finally was able to combine two of his loves, Christian Cage and Lovejoy, into one oh, video. Oh, you stop it. <laughs> Honest, <laughs> beautiful. No, legit, no, you actually did a really good job. And uh, I believe that uh, certain another someone here who's joining us got a credit in that as well for helping out. Am I right, Melee? Uh, I can either confirm or deny these <laughs> accusations. Oh, in every video I make, the description just says a special thanks to Melee. Because <laughs> <laughs> I think it's really funny. <laughs> you know what? We should keep. Do- we should actually start doing that for our uh, episode descriptions. <laughs> Special thanks to Melo Helmer. Yeah, gotta build my resume. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Melo. But yeah, uh, it was a bloody good vid, chair. Honestly, 
you, you, oh, you're, you're a good one. You're a good one, honestly, with, with this editing malark. That's a totally derail another Street Chain Rack pod, but <laughs> let's, not, let's not get too ahead of ourselves now, <laughs> shall we? Uh, Alright, with that, it is time to get on to our main portion of... Oh, wait, wait I, I just oh. thought of a recommendation. Oh, 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 oh my yes. god, is that Melly yeah. Hellbox music? Please. Late entry, late entry. Guys, <laughs> what do you feel about Loki? Great uh, uh, not a bad. Bit a... I was gonna say bit of a bit of a bit of a temperamental wrestler, but he wasn't too bad as Senshi. Oh, I'm old. You mean Marvel Loki? <laughs> I like the NXT promo where he said total, total non-stop, non-stop action. Mm-hmm. I love you, Caval. So basically, uh, a few days ago, the the season two finale of Loki premiered, and honestly, it's amazing. Like. You know, you may have opinions about the MCU, whether, you know, there's good or bad, or even more bad. But <laughs> I think the character of Loki is probably the most most complex, well-written character in the entire MCU. And with this show, it's honest. I highly recommend, like, the Loki TV, like, the Disney Plus show, because it's just so good. Thing is, there's like- no other way to describe it. I've, I've heard really good mm. things about the finale. It's something that I'm probably going to start. I decided to just kind of wait until the whole show was out. So I'm probably going to watch that very soon. Also, should I be worried? Because I keep seeing this clip keep showing up when everyone talks about the finale of Loki, Melee. Should I be yes. worried? <laughs> oh, God damn it. You've been getting invested with the character Loki, yes. Oh, fuck. Oh, Oh dear. Oh dear. All right. <laughs> Moving on quickly. <laughs> Warrior. <laughs> Motherfucker, please. All right. With... <laughs> with that, it is time to get on with our main portion of the episode before you guys start making me laugh even more. It's time to talk about war games. War games! Fellas, what is the first thing that comes to your mind when you think of this match in particular? And no, William okay. Regal screaming war games can't be the answer. Three, two, one, William Regal. Jacob Cass. <laughs> Motherfucker, you're right. Jacob Cass. Blood and guts. <laughs> Blood and guts. Oh, God. Oh, Jacob Cass is right. I think, I think about, obviously... Uh, NXT. No, that's a lie. <laughs> How dare you? That's my actual answer. Ah, <laughs> oh, man. Who could it was for- good, damn it. Who could forget Jacob Cass's run in WWE? Honestly, the 2008 WWE roster was stacked. <laughs> it was. I mean, they had MVP, JTG, Jacob Cass, Vladimir Kozlov, Vance Archer, <laughs> Incest Paul Birchall. Jesse and Bestness. <laughs> Incest Katie Lee Birchall. God fucking damn it. Anyway. Anyway. Uh, my, my, my first thought uh, when it came to War Games is always about how Triple H tried to bring it to WWE and then Vince was like, no, I've got something better. And then the Elimination <laughs> Chamber was born. Yeah. <laughs> that is my favorite. That's one of my favorite pieces of WWE lore. Vince, mm-hmm. uh, I like the NWA. Uh, well, I don't. Damn it! 
<laughs> That's exactly Jesus. I just love that somehow the concept of two rings surrounded by a cage morphed into the elimination chamber. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, I guess I know where the pods came from. Hmm. Yeah, I, I, know, I get where I get where the, like the, the idea for the the anyway. pods came from, but it is, it just seems such an abstraction of the original idea. Yeah, that you just kind of there. To me, it was like, always what? weird how they just came out of it, came up with it from nowhere, but. If it came from war games, then I'm really confused because how the fuck did that happen? <laughs> that's, what, that's what I'm saying. Like, what? <laughs> it confuses me more. Uh, oh, gosh. Um, yeah, to me, the first thing that conjures up, minus William Regal, uh, and I'll get into it in a moment, uh, is, is Dusty Rhodes. And I'll sp- and I'll and I'll, and I'll give and I'll give you the reason as to why in a moment. But Dusty Rhodes always mm-hmm. comes to mind when I think of war games. I mean, he did come up with the match idea after watching Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome. Thanks so. for taking that line, Chair. You And that's our show. Ah, that's our show, everybody. Chair's gonna. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, for the next episode. <laughs> I sorry. can't believe I did my research for once, man. I'm sorry. No, chair, it's all good. I just find that <laughs> fucking hilarious. <laughs> you know what? I'm gonna shut up. Son I'm gonna let chair host the rest of this. All right, well, gentlemen, the first ever War Games match was on the 4th of July in 1987, featuring match creator Dusty Rhodes team up with Nikolai Koloff, Paul Ellering, and the Road Warriors as they. <laughs> <laughs> as they defeat the team of the Four Horsemen and J.J. Dillon in Jim Crockett promotions. Thank you, thank you, Chad. Any, any, <laughs> any Jim Crockett fans in chat, please? Yes. <laughs> I'm a JCP lover. Or is it an ICP lover? I can't remember. <laughs> uh, ICP same, is not relevant whoop. yet. I was going to say, they're both the same, aren't they? Whoop, whoop. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> Should I just get straight into it? Yes. <laughs> all right. Yes. As we all know, the War Games concept came to mind from, of course, the American dream, Dusty Rhodes, back in 1987. Was inspired, as Chess said, by Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome. Because, Sorry. of course, because, of course, everything in the mid to late 80s in the realm of pro wrestling was inspired, was inspired by, by, Mad, by Max. Mad Max. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. it is the one it is the one thing that they all got right in that if if you can be inspired by Mad Max, you'd be inspired by Mad fucking Max. Demolition. That, this is the warriors. thing, right? Like of all the of all the properties to pick from that period of time, I'm actually glad they went with Mad Max because at least it can make sense and can work. Could you yeah. have imagined if instead of being Mad Max, they decided to be inspired by Fist of the North Star? No, that's see, no, see, that's Japan. That's But okay, but consider the consider the other end of things. Imagine they went all in on Tron. Oh my oh, god! Yes. Oh no! I... no I was going to say that would be a problem because we would have had an entire roster full of Seth Rollins. Yeah, that's yeah. true. <laughs> like I like Seth Rollins, but I can't have a full set of him. Seventeen Seth Rollins. Oh dear Good god, god, no. <laughs> That's seventeen too many. Yep. Oh god, and just imagine we're gonna get another one of the another Seth Rollins if Will Ospreay signs with WWE, but I digress. Well, okay. <laughs> no, he's good. 
you keep telling yourself that shit. Like the young British man. <laughs> so it was originally... It's all we have. <laughs> as we know, and as Chair did say as well, the first one took place in Jim Crockett Promotions' Great American Bash in 1987, where it was originally known, given the title of War Games, The Match Beyond. It was originally supposed to be a specialty match for the Four Horsemen, as it was originally pitched from by Dusty to have them, basically because of course the biggest faction in all of the NWA to go up against four baby faces. It's a perfect thing. Also, Dusty saw it as a what way can we differentiate the WWF having a cage match? Well, I've got the perfect idea, baby. I put two rings and I smack them together. To to quote Real. the. Uh... To quote the David Tennant quote, you you know, you're always wondering, you think, let's just make it bigger. <laughs> and I I don't know about you. For me personally, I do like the visual of two rings to put together. Oh, it's it's so good. It's so mm-hmm. good. it's so excessive, but I love it so much. It's love chaos, but when they at least do the camera work right, right? Yes. Regarding one of those matches, it can be a lot of fun to watch. Yes. I also really love the fact, if you go back and watch uh, the uh, the first two War Games from 1987, they look like... It, the, the structure, the cage itself, looks like the most rickety-ass thing and just makes it even look even more dangerous, which I think, honestly, was an NWA staple it, at the time. I think it adds to the flavour. <laughs> it really does, because it looks like the roof of the cage is going to cave in at any moment. And if you even, if so much as bump Ric Flair off of it, you're going to have need a tetanus shot. (laughs) Good. Bring it back. (laughs) So, in 87, Great American Bash actually was a touring show uh, that took place for the NWA. And through that touring show, we had two war games that happened. First, on July the 4th, as... Uh, Chair pointed out the first one was the Road Warriors, Nikita Koloff and Dusty Rhodes and Paul Ellering taking on the Four Horsemen and J.J. Dillon, which the faces were successful on that. And they would bring and they would bring that one back uh, the, for the babyface team, but adding to the Four Horsemen, the War Machine. Now, who are the War Machine? Um, uh, it was the Big Boss Man. Rowan Hansen. <laughs> no, it was it was the Big Boss Man. <laughs> Rowan Hansen, War Games veterans. <laughs> and after that, it actually, rather than it being a um, uh, a specialty for pay-per-views, it actually was more of a specialty match for house shows for the NWA. Um, from all from about ooh, August of nineteen eighty-seven, all the way till, gosh, I want to say the next years. Or maybe even two years down the line, the Great American Bash. Um, it all it all was a, a house show staple, and most of the time you would see, uh, well, uh, the, the the rotation being it was either Dusty Rhodes, Lex Luger, Sting, the Road Warriors, and the Four Horsemen. They were the main people that were usually in uh, the War Games matches back in that time. Um, Makes sense, really. I guess, you know, especially it for the is, man I mean, himself. In the, in the same vein, the idea of having that as like a house show thing is unreal to me. No wrestling company would ever do that now. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it wouldn't come back properly on a pay-per-view or a big show 
up until JCP was uh, sold to Turner Broadcasting and rebranded as WCW. And it would come back at the Great American Bash in 1989, which would see the Road Warriors, the Midnight Express, and fuck Dr. Death, Steve Williams <laughs> defeating the Fabulous Freebirds and the Samoan SWAT team. We waited two years. We waited two years for of, that. <laughs> the Samoan SWAT team is always one of the buggiest team names for me. I genuinely don't yeah. know how I feel about it. <laughs> like on one hand, I think it's absolute cheeks, and on the other hand, I think it's awesome. It's very carny and corny, but it also has something. You just That's so wrestling. Dislike about it. It is so very wrestling. wrestling. Mm. Mm. So uh, the, 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 the best person to come out of, of these during 1989, the person who's kind of was, honestly, the man who would always make a kind of couple of highlights in these War Games matches, believe it or not, was Bobby Eaton the Pussy. Hell yeah. Oh. What a hero. <laughs> but, uh, let's be honest, like Bobby Eaton, underrated as hell wrestler. Mm-hmm. Um, Isn't that why he's eating the if, pussy? Yes. If if <laughs> if that one deadlock bit is what it takes to get people to enjoy to go out and watch Bobby Eaton matches, then like I'm I'm all for it. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. So after that, no longer would the War Games concept take place on the Ameri uh, the Great American Bash. Instead, in 1991, with WCW no longer under the jurisdiction of the NWA, they created their own pay-per-view known as Wrestle War, where they would take place the War Games match itself. And in 1991, in the very first Wrestle War, we saw... Let me just say, yeah, we saw the four horsemen taking on the team of Sting, Brian Pillman, and the Steiner brothers. Great match. That sounds so That's good. a recipe. That's a recipe right there. Great match. That is great match. And I great believe, if memory wrestlers. serves me correct, this was the first time that Sid realized that he was a bit too big for the cage. Uh, because he tried to choke slam. I think it might have been he might have been Scott Steiner during this match. And I think Scott collided with the cage roof. Jesus. So, so that might be why we get the change in war games later. A little bit later, but it wouldn't it wouldn't come right Once again, away. Sid showing his influence throughout wrestling. <laughs> because after, after that, of course, would become possibly one of the most iconic war games matches, and it's from Wrestle War nineteen ninety-two. As the team of Sting Squadron, Sting, Nikita Kolov, Dustin Rhodes, Ricky Steamboat, and Barry Windham took on the team of the Dangerous Alliance. Arn Anderson, Bobby Eaton to Pussy, Stone Stunning Steve Austin, Larry Zabisco, and Rick Rude. This match. Steve, you... Steve Austin hadn't discovered Disturb yet, and Arn Anderson didn't have a Glock yet, so. <laughs> yeah. honest, to, honest to goodness, if you haven't seen this match, I implore anyone who's listening to go back and watch it. It's honestly one of the most well put together from a storyline perspective and in the in-ring product perspective. One of the best War Games matches you will ever watch. I, right, love watch one, right I love the one from 91 <laughs> purely because everyone was just dumping each other on their heads. 
because I love I love a bit of people dumping Based. each other on their heads. But this yeah. one just hit on every single note. Like everyone was on time and everyone knew what they were doing. And it just worked so damn well. So damn well. Uh Stink Squadron would go on to, to win uh to win that war games in the end. And I can never understand why the Dangerous Alliance didn't last lo a lot longer after this. Because pretty much they started and ended in around 1992. And this was the time, of course, where Bill Watts was part of, was the head booker for WCW. And you couldn't do much of fucking anything in the ring product. I mean, Brian Pillman was so hang hamstrung at this time that he couldn't even do top rope moves because Bill Watts didn't believe in them. It was, it was, a, it was like a... A, a misguided philosophy. I believe there wasn't. There was an There was an idea behind it, but just like it didn't really work. I believe this was also one of the impetuses for Paul Heyman, who was leader of the Dangerous Alliance, to go fuck this and go to Eastern Championship Wrestling. And we all know what happens there when he goes to ECW. Yeah. ECW. Uh, oh, I can't believe we're already getting to this. This is extreme. <laughs> I can't believe we're getting to this, but before I'm going to kind of brush over the, of the brief history, but I have got to bring up uh, Fall Brawl 1993, the inaugural Fall Brawl and the brand new home for war games. And how do we set in this brand new pay-per-view for the for by war games? By doing crack. Yes, by doing crack, as we have <laughs> the Crack's team legal. of Sid Vicious vader and harlem heat taking on the team of sting davy boy smith dustin rhodes and the debuting Shockmaster. yes okay. we're bringing up the Shockmaster again. okay okay but here's, right, the world. Here's, here's my thing right here's my thing right you cannot tell me that every other participant in this match being in a match together does not sound unfathomably based <laughs> I'm sorry. You read through that first team, and I hear Sting and uh, I hear Vader and did you say Vader and Sid? Vader, uh, Vader, Sid, and Harlem Heat. Right, that's an incredibly base team. Yes. Yeah. You're 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 gonna you're gonna get injured, <laughs> but it's based. There is no safety protocol in that team, but <laughs> and then. Um... The, yeah, the other one, and then aside from the Shockmaster, uh, who we've spoken about before, <laughs> at some point, I don't remember when, <laughs> a long time ago. I think we talked about we in botches, honestly. I think we had a whole yeah. 15 yeah, minutes was... talking about the Shockmaster. That's not a botch, that's an experience. <laughs> yes. It is an experience, it's a Viking He fell on his fucking ass! It's not a Viking experience. Again, I'll just, I'll, just, I'll just stress my one thing all the time, which is I, I need to know where the individual parts were working towards because I still cannot get over the the glitter the glittered stormtrooper helmet <laughs> yeah. and then and the fur vest. That's Craven the Hunter. <laughs> it might as well if he be. really likes Lego Star Wars rare figures. <laughs> and 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 also the bit where I'm fairly sure Ric Flair gets replaced by a cardboard cut. Yes, out of that's the bit that makes me laugh so much. The Ric Flair, bang, bang, just yeah. Ric Flair standing completely still behind <laughs> everyone else. It still makes me laugh. You can hear if you if you watch the video. If you watch the video, you can hear you can see it. <laughs> I still love Davy. You can still hear Davy Boy Smith going. He fell flat on his fucking ass. 
was it? It's like um, and Ole Anderson um, backstage going, "Come after me, Stid." <laughs> the fucking Stid. I can't remember who it is. There's someone that tries to keep it going. Oh, it's definitely Sid. So like, it's Sid who's yeah, trying to sorry, sell it. Yeah. It's Sid is trying his hardest <laughs> to, to still make this work, but unfortunately, again, it's Sid. There's only so much this man can do. Anyway. Anyway. With the, with the signing of Hulk Hogan, that also well, meant... This is this is a whole thing. Sorry. Does this match even happen? <laughs> what? This what this War Games match? Yeah. Oh, no, no, it does happen. It absolutely does happen. And the Shockmaster, his gimmick gets quickly replaced as um, the Shockmaster becomes a construction site builder, a la real man's man, <laughs> William Regal. But they double down on the whole him being a bumbling idiot. And they make him fall over in every opportunity possible. No, I kid you not. Go back. And watch like WCW when the Shockmaster's there in '93, and they completely change it to being a bumbling idiot. I, I, I just had a thought. Oh, that's about okay. It, you can keep which it. Is, which is, <laughs> I've seen this video like 19 billion times. I yep. even watch it twice when I want to sometimes. <laughs> it makes me feel better about myself. Yeah, it just. But it I just... don't, I don't think that I've ever actually watched the match that this is promoting towards. <laughs> no, the match doesn't exist. This is the only thing. That's yeah, it. Yeah, this is the this is the relic of it. I'm just saying, Sting's been in better war games matches. <laughs> really? <laughs> AEW. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Oh, so. With, of course, the signing of Hulk Hogan in 1994, that means he becomes, from this point on, a little more front and centre when it comes to war games. As a matter of fact, his first war games takes place in Fall Brawl 95. As the team of the Hulkamaniacs, Hogan, Savage, Luger and Sting, defeat the Dungeon of Doom. <laughs> the, the faction designed to kill Hulkamania. Awesome. Exactly. They should have won. Love, love a bit of Dungeon of Doom. Of course, of course. If everyone Can we bring knows... them back, please? Do you re... I was going to say, you really want... You really want... Job like the Zodiac, Kamala, yeah, the I Shark and Meng. statement. <laughs> and the man called Meng. Now, I think Meng... I was going to say, honestly, I think Meng's the only one I want to see. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But of course, 1996 would see the NWO formed and dissension in the ranks for the babyfaces as they are under the impression that Sting has defected to join the New World Order. So much so that they have their own Sting, known as NWO Sting. And how does Sting <laughs> answer to that? Well, Sting comes in to beat up Sting and then Sting tells Lex Luger to go fuck himself and then Sting goes away. Yes, too many Stings. <laughs> I've heard people shit on like the two Sting War Games match, but I think it is so pro wrestling carny bullshit to have two Stings yes. in one like War Games match that it goes to being so bad it's what, good. What I love about it is obviously they're like, well, Sting is the most popular person we have, so what if we just had a second Sting? You know what makes me laugh is that NWO Sting. Like, it, like it's, it's a really it's a really fun logical endpoint. <laughs> NWO Sting. While not incredibly popular in WCW, got over huge in New Japan. <laughs> so much so, I he mean, was part true. of NWO Japan for crying out loud. 
I mean, hey, if Sting was so good, why didn't they make Sting 2? The answer is they did make a Sting 2. So. They did make Sting 2. Exactly, exactly. And before everybody says anything, yes, I know he was betrayed by Jeff Farmer, and no, it's not the same Jeff Farmer as... Yep! <laughs> no. Which is a shame, because I wish it were the same Jeff Farmer. <laughs> Uh, so, mm-hmm. yes, because of that war game match, of course, we get Crow Sting. And so we don't see him for about a year and a bit because he does he just doesn't wrestle from that point on. Uh, of course, this also means that the NWO become pretty much the center point of all of the war game matches going forward for Ball 97. We have the NWO defeating the Four Horsemen. Although this time, the NWO consisted of Kevin Nash, Conan, Six... Buff Bagwell. Fuck's sake. <laughs> that is a combination of people. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, I Buff I is the stuff and the ladies can't get enough. It, it really so, does feel I was gonna say, like... so can the police, but you know... It feels like... It, feel, it really feels <laughs> like, like WWE Universe booking. Yeah. Like, we haven't figured out that term yet, but, like, it, it definitely has that feeling. Oh. Of course, we get, to, and of course, in 1998, we had the very first rule change for war games. We had three teams of three participants in the ring for this war game, uh, war games, I should say, at full brawl, as Team WCW took on NWO Hollywood and NWO Wolfpack. Now, this is the full brawl which saw, huh, which saw the Ultimate Warrior make his presence felt. Yes, this is the war this is the full brawl and war games match which saw Davy Boy Smith wreck his back so bad that he never fully recovered from it. And why may I ask? Well, in a tag match to open up that year's full brawl, Davy Boy Smith landed pretty damn hard from a back body drop onto a trap door that was on the first ring. Ouch no one told um, Davy Boy Smith beforehand that there was a trap door underneath in that match. Wrestling where OSHA violations get to thrive. Mm-hmm. And this course caused him to have a terrible painkiller addiction. And unfortunately, a lot of people are un- uh, believe that that led to his untimely passing in 2002. So, as yeah. Brian Zane said, that's one of many careers that the Ultimate Warrior ruined. <laughs> Say that again, brother. Amen. To, to quote jo- Jim Ross, what the fuck is destrucity? <laughs> but yeah, D- what the fuck is an Ultimate Warrior? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, this is the one that saw Team WCW win. We saw that trick exactly. of, of, exactly, warrior, of two warriors popping in and out because of the trapdoor gimmick and all that stuff. And this was right between, like, you know, the One Warrior Nation shit. But, you know, nah. I'd like to make it known that the One Warrior Nation had two members. (laughs) 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 I I don't know why that got me as as much as it did. did. we all know that counting is an important important clarification. It's the One Warrior Nation, and it has two people in it. I was going to say, we all know that were two things that Jim Helwig wasn't at uh, at his strong suit. Counting and basic human rights, but I digress. Exactly. Uh, (laughs) The last War Games match took place on a bloody WCW Monday Nitro in September of 2000, as the team 
of Kevin Nash, who was then WCW World Champion, Jeff Jarrett, Scott Steiner, and the Nazi brothers, Don and Ron Harris. The you sorry, me? The, the who Mike, brothers? No, 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 you, no, heard, don't, don't, don't. you heard me right, Chair. Did you do the research for yourself, but you, you, you know. Uh... Um... Defeated the team of Booker T, Goldberg, Chronic, let's fucking go, <laughs> and Sting to retain. And this, there was the stipulation for this, is the person who pinned, um, or who was the last sole survivor of the War Games match became the World Heavyweight Champion. This is Vince. Was this is the triple cage match? Yeah, no, I, I believe this was the triple cage War Games match, yeah. War games had very loose quotations there. But this was Russo yeah. booking in 2000, Chair. You needed to realize this. Now Sting is entering the guitar room. <laughs> but, and I think this is kind of... It's, 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 just, that it's just like, they, they put so much into this and then really were just like, what if we just put like the worst people in it? Yeah. Also, yeah. all I'm saying is uh, Booker T... Uh, being involved in that, losing in that match is quite interesting. <laughs> I was going to say, you said the worst people, the worst people and Booker T, because he yes, he's the delightful. Mwah. That's what damn I said. Right. Quite interesting. You damn right. Just you damn right. So, losing the, Booker T losing to the Nazi brothers counts as a hate crime. I'm sorry. But yes, no, it absolutely. Absolutely. And Booker T wouldn't experience that again until 2003 with the Triple H rivalry. But I digress. <laughs> <laughs> and then when Vince said a certain <laughs> word in front of him, but Melee, what the hell is that? What That's the, the hell is Warrior that? Nation. <laughs> <laughs> okay, there's um, an actual wrestler called the One Warrior Nation. Well, no for, the, um, for the co- for context, um, dear listener, uh, Melee has just shown us a picture of the worst warrior cosplay I've ever seen. It looks what like he. Worse? All I'm saying is the One Warrior la- Nation looks like he ate a nation. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm sorry. You you cannot convince me that that picture of that guy who's calling himself the Warrior Nation was not taken in a church hall in the UK. <laughs> that was that was that was that was on a US wrestling show. Down the street. My God, this is Mickey Rourke if he actually took up wrestling after filming for the wrestler. It actually is, you know. <laughs> I don't think I've seen that much of that That's, font. Since it's one of the young bucks. <laughs> The young the, he's the third young buck. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's a counterfeit buck. God, <laughs> what? Matt Jackson, Nick Jackson, and Warrior Jackson. <laughs> One Warrior Nation. Matt Jackson. Jackson, Nick Jackson, and counterfeit counterfeit currency crime of the United States. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's what All Kevin right, anyway, Steen wished he was when he was in Mount Rushmore. I'm just. <laughs> Alrighty, that was the last. (laughs) That was the last War Games match we would see for quite some time. As everyone knows, in 2001, the World Wrestling Federation would purchase WCW and all of its assets, including the rights to the name and concept of War Games. And it took a while for the WWE to counter uh, on uh, counter up on that and, and and use that to its fullest potential. But there were a couple of times they almost came to using the War Games concept. Now, in 2002, we came extremely 
close to having War Games for Survivor Series in Madison Square Garden. Triple H was the one to even pitch the match being used in the main event for that year's Survivor Series, to which Vince looked at Triple H and laughed him out of the office. And instead, because of course Vince needs to make his own thing, decided to make his own match stipulation. And that is how we got the Elimination Chamber match. The fun fact Again, I so love... I said, I, I, said, I said this like pretty much like when we started. I still don't know how Vince managed to abstract War Games into the Elimination Chamber. Mm. Like, it kind of makes sense, but also doesn't. No, it doesn't like make any elements, sense. But then you're also like... We take, we take the cages, but we put them inside, and they're no longer cages. They're pods surrounded by plastic, but there's no teams. It's just a free-for-all. And it has elimination rules. Chamber, there has then... been there has been a tag team chamber since, but I'm talking about the original concept. Yeah. Um, the thing that still makes me laugh about it is that the the builders that they commissioned to build the structure of the chamber didn't take into account that this was meant for pro wrestling, and so that's why it was a solid steel structure, and there was no give to the steel part that surrounded the ring that was level to the ring canvas. Okay, but consider the following. I think that potentially it made the match better. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. And as well as the Rob Van Dam spot where he crushed Triple H's... Far more unsafe. Yeah, far more unsafe. And honestly, probably horrible to wrestle in. But I think it made the match better. It's like the TNA six-sided ring. It may have been an issue, but it made everything just a little bit better. Yep. Also, was the best part of the Dude, uh, six sides of steel. Hmm? Do we count that as a war games match? The like uh, <laughs> teeny lockdowns. Sure, why not? Sure, why? Well, while we're here, <laughs> now, um, I will say this as well: the Elim- elimination chamber, the one of the best match stipulations that was added to here comes the pain. Yes. Real. Yep. Oh man, it's one of the is arguably one of the worst to have ever been added in the. WWE series of games since they started using the T the 2K moniker. <laughs> yes. Real. Doing an elimination chamber in one of those games is honestly tiring. You know what makes never me... do one online. You know what makes me feel old is that that game is twenty years old now, and I'm guessing. <sighs> Chet, are you older or younger? I was not born. <laughs> you motherfucker! That makes you younger than here comes the <laughs> God damn it yes. to hell. <laughs> That's, that's ancient. We have procedure. to we have to pull some kind of. I feel like we have to start pulling some kind of vetting procedure. This can't be safe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, agreed, agreed. If you're if you're younger than here comes the pain, you're not coming on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Well, see you later. Sorry, well, you're already here now. So just say, for your lucky stars, we're not saying if you're younger than SmackDown versus Raw 2007. <laughs> yeah. Oh God. Dear God! Oh. If they, I mean, if if anyone younger than that is a promotion, I we have a problem. There's a problem. Yes. happening. we're gonna lock them in War Games or Elimination Chamber pod. <laughs> Depends on what we have. They're gonna have to complete. They're gonna have to complete an Elimination Chamber on online 2K. <laughs> oh no! Not the five hundred overall CWs <laughs> with the glowing attires. Ah, <laughs> uh, so the, that was the, the only thing in the only. Sorry, I have to say this real quick. The only thing more tiring in two in two K games is in the recent, in the more recent ones, 
trying to do like any kind of story mode and having to do a tag match. Mm. <sighs> <laughs> okay. uh, so. Move on. Move right. on. So with with NXT now turned into the third developmental brand. And with Triple H basically having full autonomy over it to do whatever he wanted, he realised, it took him a while to finally realise, that he could actually do whatever the hell he wanted. And so, still having the rights to the match concept and the name itself, he brought it back in 2017 for its own TakeOver event. And this, of course... Gave, uh, gave the world William Regal screaming the name War Games to the world. And boy, are we a richer world for having William Regal screaming War Games. We are so, who, whoever, I, I love you, know, NXT. Who, who fought that up? Who fought that oh, up? Oh, Triple H. It? It's got to be Triple H. I reckon Regal. I reckon Regal. Yeah? I think it was Roderick Strong. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... Let's be honest, he was part of the very first war games for the WWE. That is true. Yeah. As, as well, WWE war games <laughs> fell under the WCW rule set, where there was no roof on the cage and all four types were allowed, whereas in the Jim Crocker promotions match type, there was a roof and no pinfalls. This is true. This is true. Which is important because that's the rule set that is also used in. Blood and Guts, AEW's war game match stipulation. It is. Absolutely, absolutely. What do you guys prefer? Because I went back and watched some of the old NWA um, war games matches and the 92 one as well, as and watching a few of the NXT ones. Do you prefer open or closed cage? Uh, it really depends. Yeah. I think. I, the roof... I... Thank you, go ahead, Rodan. That's right. Uh, I, I, prefer, I prefer it roofed one, because, you know, WWE, but also because, like, if it's open, I just think of it as just being a regular cage match, even though it isn't. Here's here's my thing, right? I prefer the closed cages, but for for NXT, the moment they close that, they close the roof, no one's getting their shit in. Yeah. 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 <laughs> mm-hmm. This right. is true. This is absolutely true. But uh, yes, the first one took place. NXT TakeOver War Games in Houston, Texas in November 2017, which saw the Undisputed Era defeating the team of Sanity, the Authors of Pain, and Roderick Strong. <laughs> this, yeah, That's this tragic. Is, this is pretty strong. But this also gave the so world much. possibly... Uh, what I love about this match, of course, is that this is, of course, this is the first War Games in a very long time. WWE trying to put their stamp of approval on the whole darn thing. There are some really great moments from all involved. Oh, he's but... ignoring the CZW Cage of Death and the ECW Ultimate Jeopardy Steel Cage matches. <laughs> <sighs> That's true. That's true. No, and can't... the ROH Steel Cage Warfare. Mm. Hey, look. When you want to do the CZW Cage of Death episode, we'll do the CZW Cage of Death episode. Actually, yeah, that is actually a really good shout, you know. <laughs> this is this is a this is about war games specifically. But I'm talking I mean, about joke, how... but... Oh god, god yeah. <laughs> no, no, that's that's all I had. <laughs> <laughs> no. Who stole the show that night but Kylo Riley? <laughs> god fucking damn it. What a yeah, Kylo Riley's man. the greatest. Kyle O'Reilly's the greatest and knows how to sell a self-inflicted chest shot to my head. <laughs> oh, but it became a time, like in the original version of War Games, where it was almost a specialty match for the Four Horsemen, 
in a really weird turnabout circumstance, it ended up being the NXT version of War Games was the specialty match for the Undisputed Era. Yeah! <laughs> yes, sir. No, let them know! As, of course, the next year, the next couple of years, would see the Undisputed Era being the guys taking part in War Games. In 2018, we had the team of Pete Dunne, Ricochet, and the War Raiders taking on the Undisputed Era, this time with Roderick Strong there as the strong fourth. Uh, Ricochet doing the double moonsault off of the top of the cage, and Pete Dunne being Pete Dunne. But I digress. But come next year, we would actually get the very first women's war games match. And boy, Team Ripley versus Team Baszler. Great match. If not only for the fact that Dakota Kai turned her back on Tegan Knox in that moment. Speaking of Dakota Kai, by the way, if I can just steal the spotlight for a minute. Fun little fact. Out of every women's war games match we've had in WWE... Two people have been in every single one, and with the announcement of a Women's War game soon to come, I imagine the way things are currently, they're both going to be in it as well. Io Shirai and Akira Kai have been in every yeah. single Women's War games match. That's which is rightly so fascinating. So that's fasc- that fascinated me. She has to do the moonsault off the cage. Yeah. Is there... say, someone has someone has to jump off the top of the cage. <laughs> you have to, surely. Please. What is what is war games in WWE at this point without someone doing it? Ah <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. And of course that on that same war games we had one of my personal favourites in Team Champa um versus the Undisputed Era. If not for the fact that it that Kevin Owens appearance got the big one of the biggest pops at a takeover. I've I'm watching that match right now. <laughs> I'm not even joking, I am. It is actually... Oh, on. I do love that match. I really, really do love that match. Because that was when bow, NXT... Honestly, bow. NXT was cooking so much. Because who, who they had on the roster was insane. I'm so thankful they replaced Matt Riddle with Dominic Dijakovic. Thank you. Look, name a better really replacement. The match you, can't, <laughs> you can't go. You go from poop. So I don't know. Yeah, my, definitely better than fellow Dijak lovers. We got any fellow Dijak lovers in here? Yeah. Any tea bars? I was gonna say I'm a tea. I'm a tea bar kind of guy. Who wants to spar me? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, come 2020 though, we are deep within the realms of the Panasonic. And of course, they are emanating NXT from the Capital Wrestling Center in the WWE Performance Center. As we have two of those matches, Team Candice versus Team Shotzi. I believe this is the spot where um, Io Shirai did the dive with the trash can on top of her head. Yes, it is. Uh, yes. One of the, uh, such a really, uh, one of my favorite spots I've seen. But also, Again, I have to admit, this is another personal favourite of mine in the men's one, as the Undisputed Era took on Team McAfee. My, yeah. Oh my Biff god! Biff Birch, yeah. Biff Birch, Pat McAfee, and Pete Dunne. Oh, you can't get better than that. All I'm yeah, they saying had is, the spot, they had the spot with the cricket bats. Yes, I remember we talked about this one. Dad, Reardon. Pat McAfee turned into an absolute athletic freak. Oh, yeah. yeah, I can't understand how Pat McAfee was like. You know what? I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna be Jeff Hardy for this match. Fuck it. <laughs> this is when celebrity wrestlers start being like just really good for no explicable reason. Yeah, it really is quite bizarre how it was just off the trajectory. Have to stress, right? Pat McAfee was a punter. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, there's no reason for him to do this. For there's the no game. reason for him to. There's no reason for him to within like a year be able to just be like, "Yes, yeah, screw it, I can jump to the top rope and land <laughs> it. Don't worry about it." <laughs> oh, and of course. Come come 2021, we had a really weird, I guess you could call it like passing of the tr- torch sort of. Yeah, change of the guard. War game yeah. sort of thing. As of course we had uh, the women's one, Io Shirai, Kaylee Ray, Raquel Gonzalez and Cora J defeating the team of Toxic Attraction, Dakota Kai. But the, it was the men's one that saw a weird passing of the torch one. As Team NXT 2.0 took on the team of Team Black and Gold. So Team 2.0, we had Bron ba- uh, Breaker, Carmelo Hayes, Donny D'Angelo, and Grayson Waller taking on the most notable names of NXT Black and Gold. Tommaso Ciampa, Johnny Gargano, Pete Dunne, LA Knight? <laughs> I, I mean... Yeah. yeah. I thought yeah. that Era couldn't be there forever, especially with them, you know, kind of leaving the company, but... <laughs> L- Los Angeles Knight? For NXT I mean, black and gold, he was here's never the, here's, in full sale. But here's here's the thing, though, right? There's there's obviously part of this match which I can, you know, appreciate as like a part of the torture. But the thing I don't like about it is it's so egregious in its purpose <laughs> to be like fuck everything that you love. You are you are you are being taken over by force, and there's nothing you can do about it, and you will like it. <laughs> it, it, it is WWE. Good, oh yeah, yeah. At, like I, some of its most WWE. <laughs> I will admit, I, I will agree with Chair there. The match actually wasn't wasn't too bad, all things considered. Oh yeah, no, the match is fine. It Jordan made Bron Breaker look amazing. Oh, Bron Breaker oh, breaking the original it. NXT logo in his entrance, the, the Styrofoam yeah. X. But it's just like, it's so egregious. You know that thing you liked? Well, yeah, it wasn't doing too well, so we're going to kill it. We're going to kill it until it's dead. I'm going to give it a lethal dose. A poison. God <laughs> Me and Tony D. Angela. <laughs> ah, so <laughs> this brings us to the most recent of war games. With Triple H's promotions ahead of creative in WWE after the ousting of his father in law due to financial irregularities. Um, <laughs> this brings us to Survivor Series where they get the tagline of war games. Yes. For the first time in WWE and the main brands, War Games is being is being put front and centre for them, which is he's finally managed to do it. He's finally managed to turn WWE into WCW, and what happened se- several months after? Oh, there we go, Vince is back. Fuck. <laughs> but uh, if memory serves me correct, I love you, Vince <laughs> If memory serves so much. <laughs> if memory serves me correct. This was the one where we saw damage control. Um, Nikki Cross and Rhea Ripley take on Bianca Belair, Alexa Bliss, Asuka, Mia Yim, and Becky Lynch in the women's war games match. Correct? That is correct. I believe so. Yes. 
that one I do know for uh, that, that now it's coming back to me. That one I do know. The one I do know for certain though is very the good main. Match as well. Yes, from what I remember, it is. It was actually a very solid match from all all involved. But the one that does stick to memory from last year's War Games, of course, was the Bloodline defeating the team, the Brawling Brutes, Drew McIntyre and Kevin Owens, with Sami Zayn being the one to keep the Bloodline in that match. Um. I enjoyed this for what it was. Fantastic introduction to like the main WWE audience for war games. Having the women's matches be like wrestling wise, very good. But then the main event being that war games can serve a story and it can do it spectacularly. Yes. And it very much complemented the Bloodline story at the time with the whole Sami Zayn thing. I think Triple H. Apparently they uh, kept the stories. Yes. Apparently they kept the stories at the war games because now it's a bit. At least they peaked once. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing. I at think yeah, at least we, at least we had a high at one point. <laughs> I think Triple H, I think Triple H was good at, at that time. He was able to weave what he loved about NWA and make it more of a WWE thing with that match. If you know what I mean, like he was able to go, look, this is my love for WCW. But I'll, there you go. If you want it to be WWE esque, I'll give you that as well with the with the whole bloodline thing as well um i enjoyed it as i said it was a really solid in terms of the storytelling of what they were doing or what they were building to of course which was sammy versus roman um at elimination chamber the next year uh it worked it worked tremendously well um it did work and... it's so crazy thinking that was all a build to like an elimination chamber pay-per-view match. i know that, that that's the bit <laughs> that's the bit that gets me is like that that almost it sounds like it should be for Mania. It really does. I mean, I, we had I guess COVID, I just think about it as like, it's built till they go to Canada. <laughs> yeah. He's not a top guy, damn it. You think that vanilla midget could be a top star? He's small. <laughs> oh, little did we, I was going to say, little did they know that Sami Zayn actually was making his case of being the best wrestler last year. Because he has one of the best matches against Johnny Knoxville of all people. <laughs> Honestly, Real. the uh, the, crazy the, the, the Sami Zayn case that year was unreal. Yeah. Sami Zayn's always been fantastic. Yes, oh, yeah, but he was having a He was having a hell that, of a year. That was like a that was like a career year. I love you, Sami Zayn. I love you so much. We all do. Sami Zayn's the best. He is. He is and deserves more. Like, I know there was that whole thing last week with um, with Sami and Seth for the World Heavyweight Championship, which I guess now brings us into what I'm going to discuss. And I guess we'll make a little prediction about it while we're here. But it just seemed so throwaway to do that, to do that thing, to bring the world title into it. It just... <clears throat> I don't think I'm the only one where I say I'm getting really <laughs> I'm getting really tired of Seth's stick. Mm. Well, my thing with it is always I'm just like they're they're just doing I feel like they're just doing this at this point to be like, look, we promise this title is in fact important. We do in fact care about it. <laughs> If they cared about the title, they should have given it to Shinsuke. He's right, you know. See, or give Melee the real title the replica. <laughs> for free, of course. Yeah, for free. Nation. 
Uh, interest. I was gonna I was gonna say, yeah, <laughs> make sure to make your donations to the Melee Hellbot title fund. Uh <laughs> mm-hmm. I love you, Melee Hellbot. I love you so much. I love me too. <laughs> I mean that's the question though. If 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 you were given that world heavyweight championship for free, Melee, would you still take it? Of course. I'm no gonna, hesitation. I was gonna say, because do you Me- prefer... Melee is a certified pack chaser? I was gonna say, do you prefer the WWE mm-hmm. version or do you prefer Big Gold? That's the question, Melee. Oh WCW Big Gold. Thank that's you. what I need. Thank you. <laughs> I still don't I can, like that. What I can see it. I can I can hear it. He's he's cooking. okay this brings us to i guess where we're going to end this one survivor series war games 2023 with the announcement of adam pierce doing his best and may i say not a bad impression of william regal on last week's raw with the team with 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 uh, seth rollins Sami Zayn, um ju sum and cody rhodes still at loggerheads with the uh, with the judgment day and jd don't uh don't google me um, this brings us, of course, to a War Games match, which sees Seth, Cody, Jay, and Sammy taking on the team of the Judgment Day, and that guy. Um, also saw the announcement of Cody Rhodes looking, well, one of two things. He looks like the stalker Barry Windham, or he looks like Naked Snake in Metal Gear Solid 3. Oh, that's perfect choices. I'm not sure which one is more correct, honestly. <laughs> Can they make the Tynetron, like, movie just a ladder that Cody's just climbing for the entire pay-per-view? That's just what the Tynetron movie is, because I'd love that. This is what I said to David, me and him were chatting, was like, if they don't pay for the rights to Snake Eater for Cody, then what was the point of making him putting him in the camouflage? Oh my god, you like give him this. the Cody veil, but it's a ladder, yes. and he climbs up into Snake <laughs> yes. Eater? Oh my god. <laughs> That's it. That's all you need to do. With you. And don't tell me you can't afford it. Cody would on. love to do it as well. Oh, Cody a... would absolutely do it. He's got the. You've got the TKO merger. There's no way you can't say that you don't have the money to do it. And Cody has set a precedent. He dressed as Venom Snake in a Ring of Honor show that one time. You do it. I love you. Do it, you fucking cowards. I'm telling you so much. The thing that makes me laugh, didn't he come out with Pharaoh as well when he was dressed as Venom Snake? I think I'm almost certain he did come out with Pharaoh. (laughs) I couldn't tell you for sure. My memory is (laughs) just full of voice of ECW 2009 facts. We all knew that, Chair. We all knew that. I love you, Yoshi (laughs) Tatsun. So I guess to, to kind of end this one on, where do we see this? How do we see this end? Who do you think is going to come out of the uh, at the end of this as the winner of the of this war games? I don't think it's going to be in terms of storyline. I don't think it's going to be any, of any significance or importance as much as last year's war games was. Mm. Um, I don't know. I think with with how everything's now, the the world's changed. And of course, thank goodness, the SAG-AFTRA strikes are, are finally over. We fucking did it. Uh, we, 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 we got a one-up on the fucking studios there. I guess that means that Dwayne and John's obligations now mean that WrestleMania, with any of those two, are happening. Dwayne especially. So do you use this now as a vehicle for Cody to... <laughs> Sorry to sound so cliche. Finish the story. Maybe. No, he won't finish the story. What will happen is that Roman will finish the story by beating Cody again. (laughs) Yes, sir. (laughs) Simon does not deserve this. He does not deserve this. He's the vision. 
But you asked who's going to win. Uh, the answer is not the fans, because war games <laughs> used to mean something, damn it! They used Technically, to mean something. what's going to happen is, is uh, now the SAG after a strike, to, strike is done, um, The Rock is going to go to Vin Diesel and say, um, you see, now you're going to lose possession of these films and then bring Roman into them full-time, uh, and <laughs> we'll get Fast and Furious 19, uh, The Bloodline. Is that how many there are? There's, there's a couple no, that have yeah, to be made in the mean. There's a couple have to be made in the meantime, but we'll get there. We'll get there. Yeah, we'll get there. Won't take Vin Diesel too long, will it, to get to, to, to no, not at all. Not at all. The, the, the Rock has to make another seven-part of Scorpion King. <laughs> I was going to say, don't remind me of the time of the straight-to-video Scorpion King films. There. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, that filled out a Walmart and Asda uh, shelves. To explain, so we have to explain the path of the bloodline through the Scorpion King. <laughs> but, well, we have to go all the way back to ancient yes. Egypt to explain it. Yes. Specifically, the Would Scorpion King from the Mummy 2. Yes. You mean CG Scorpion King there? Yeah. Oh, I love that Justin Havoc profile picture. I forgot for the longest time that Ron, that Ron Perlman's in Scorpion's King 3. I think mm. Ron Perlman wants to forget that. <laughs> so in the recommendation corner, I recommend all of the Scorpion King movies. No. We do not sign off on that. There's one of one. <laughs> Amazingly, yes, yes. really. Dave, Bat Dave Batista's in one of them. <laughs> I know it's based. It feels like against his own will. Yeah. <laughs> All right, where were we? Where, where were we? we? We're pretty much wrapped up on this one, and that's kind of the brief history of war games. I would have gone more in depth on the matches and stuff, but I feel like people probably just wanted us to kind of just riff let's be honest uh, i mean i'll give i'll give all the the naysayers this blood and guts kind of good until it's not good but don't worry about it blood and guts has been a very up and down sort of thing honestly um the debut one whilst it was really good it, it has kind Everyone of everyone remembers the finish it was the finish yeah and i think that's the only thing people yeah. do real uh, do not uh, take notice of that one i mean i'll that... give them this the finishes for sorry to interrupt you but the finishes for blood and guts have always been different at least exactly which I, yeah. I do the first I one's got surrendering i do appreciate it's tapo on top of a cage i appreciate 2022 uh with the one where they basically strung angelo parker up and made him bleed out <laughs> yeah that's great that's that, daddy magic that went, right there. That went unnecessarily hard. <laughs> that really did. That's not. That's not. Uh, and let's be honest, Kota Ibushi in this year's Blood and Guts doing the moonsault moon spot to John Moxley whilst he's on a bed of nails <laughs> goes absolutely fucking hard. <laughs> the bed of nails is such a crazy thing. Yeah, didn't I, I believe? If memory serves me correct, um. Because of that moonsault spot, Kota Ibushi punctured his hand on one of the nails. Yeah, he did. <laughs> oh, the love of the game. <laughs> oh, my God. Kevin Owens! Oh, man. <clears throat> right, with that, I believe that is where we're going to wrap up on this episode on War Games. I guess the final bits we can say is, like, um, War Games, 
uh, 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 a, 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 an up and down history, but it does remain as one of those really great match stipulations. Like it's as match stipulations go, it's pretty damn good. It is. Mm-hmm. Just it really it's very hard to mess work. up. Unless yeah, you're WWE this year. This year. <laughs> fuck, fuck, fuck! <laughs> or TNA. <laughs> Whoa, talk about that. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, like. One good lockdown match. Oh. So. Ooh, ooh, ooh. oh. But with that, yeah, we're going to wrap up this episode. Chair, thank you so much for. For, for popping on as always sir do you have i love you sam chinwag i oh. love you so much oh stop it you do you have anything that you would like to plug or share with everybody here what listening uh yes dpw goes back <laughs> to the roots you can watch dpw beast goes to i think D-P-W. it's called you can D-P-W. watch it chris danger makes his debut lucky ali takes a golden green and an i quit match malachi defends his title it is a bombastic show. the chris it's, Young Barons, this is the workhorse it's called world strongest it is Oh, I'm generally looking forward to it, honestly. Is that the spirit? World Strongest, I think, is is going to be a bloody good one for them. Such a hard name for a pay-per-view. Yes. <laughs> Mark Henry will face Chris Danger in his wrestling debut. <laughs> I swear to God, if that... <laughs> right, if we're here then, whilst we're here, who do you think is going to be Chris Danger's first opponent? Sean Smith. Chris Jericho. Oh. My, 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 my boring obvious answer, my boring obvious answer is Tyler Breeze. My, Sean Spears, you're wrong. My, my, my fun. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say my fun, my, 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 my fun stupid answer is that somehow we're gonna get D'Lo Brown out of retirement for it. Oh hell yeah! I'll you're... sign off on that honestly. Oh man! If you're not down with the Brown, then. I hate you. I hate also, you so much. Also, Che, you forgot to didn't you forget to say something? Masato Tanaka is debuting in DPW. That, I, that was a lot. When Melee hit me with the, I got the name wrong. My my entire memory just just, <laughs> just <laughs> your life your life flashed before your eyes. Oh my god! Yeah. Pushed <laughs> oh. that to the head. Oh, man, it's going to be a good one. I am looking forward to that one for sure. Uh, you can catch that on DPW On Demand. Or you can buy it individually. That, you, you, that is so You have no true. excuse, you stingy loser listening to this. <laughs> Why don't you give DPW a nice hard-earned paycheck so they can continue hiring the big money stars? Mm-hmm. Like Masato Tanaka. Exactly. Oh, man. Right. Melee, Chair, thank you as always, peeps. It is always a pleasure to have you on. At this point, as I say, I really shouldn't I really shouldn't be saying all that because I know for a fact that, you know, Melee's just here now. I, and I always appreciate yeah. Melee being here. <laughs> the new home of Melee Hobart. Oh, that actually does remind me. Um, I love you, you damn right. <laughs> that does remind so me. Do we have any future episodes to look forward to for you damn right, Melee? Oh, we do. Um... I believe, unfortunately, because of the computer dying, just like that GIF, uh, they unfortunately lost the 
the horror podcast that they did, so they're gonna have to re-record that. And oh. we're also gonna record the King of the Ring one. Oh, Fortunately, King- one is on like the first hour. King of the Ring on so, two. Yes. Oh, let's fucking go! I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to hearing your reactions to the Hoss match that is Lesnar versus Test. Real. Ah, oh. alrighty. So we are not gonna be here next week because we've got uh we've got a tiny little obligation that myself dan and Rin have to attend to and that has to happen yep, next saturday so we're going to be taking a little break but when we're back we are going to be uh oh i'm i'm looking forward to this one we're going to be joined by dino winwood and donut oh awesome. and donut cass oh my as oh we my? are going to be chronicling the life and career of the brain Bobby Heenan. Oh, gonna that's going to be so good. Crazy. Dino on that's going to be crazy. I, uh, he definitely on. knows a lot about him. I am so excited for this one. And I was thinking, Takes a manager to know a manager. You're darn right. If, if we're going to get an appearance from Howdy, I don't know because Howdy's, uh, well, Howdy's we'll been see. in and we'll out. It, it has been in and out of, uh, of Dino's apartment for quite a while. So. Look, we're, <laughs> uh, we're, we're, we're working on it, okay? We're working on it. <laughs> But that is all to look forward to in a fortnight's time. So, until then, I have been Sam. This has been Ridden, Dan, Melee, and Chair. And you've I'm been pounding listening... in my baseball two-week notice. <laughs> <laughs> and you've been listening to the Sweet Chinwag podcast. We will see you as ever on the next one. Bye for now, everybody. Bye-bye. See ya. Jungle Boy is Ooh. the reason CM Punk is not an AEW and I'm so upset. Real blast! Oh.